Welcome to Every Moment His, a podcast dedicated to how God's preached word affects every moment of our daily lives. This sermon was preached by Pastor John Rasmussen at Holy Cross Lutheran Church. Word of God from Luke chapter 23. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Years later, after the crucifixion, uh, the Apostle Paul would write these words from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. He would say, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And we see those words at work in that reading uh, tonight. We're gathered here this evening to show reverence and love and respect for the cross of our crucified King. We know that the cross is God's power for salvation. We have experienced the saving power of Christ in our lives. But if you were there that day, you would not have seen power or salvation. You would have seen defeat. You would have seen a man so beaten and bruised and so bloodied that he was barely recognizable. A man rejected by the powerful, influential men of his day. On the hill of Golgotha, some looked away in shame, unable to see the sight before their eyes. Others mocked and hurled insults, the religious leaders, the Romans, And even the men nailed to the crosses on either side of God's son hurled insults. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. One of the criminals, one who was literally perishing right next to Jesus, used what last breaths he had left in his lungs to hurl insults at his Savior and curse his Creator. If it were not shameful enough to be crucified like a criminal, in between criminals, our Lord Jesus bears the added grief and shame of being cursed by a criminal in his death. Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. This bitter mockery is also a temptation. We've heard this temptation before from the lips of the evil one. If you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. If you bow down and worship me, all the kingdoms of the world will be yours. Both the criminal and the evil one call for an easy way out. A way of saving that does not include suffering, shame, or cross. But this is not the way. The Christ was born for the cross to undo the ugly work of sin that we created. 
And by saving himself, he would not be saving us. And so out of love for sinners, out of love for you and me, he silently bears the mockery of men sentenced to death so that he might set them free. And this is the wisdom of the cross. That Jesus did not save himself so that he might save us. This is the power of the cross. That he subjected himself to weakness and shame so that he could raise us up in his resurrection. What's tragic about this one criminal on the cross is that he is so, so close in proximity to the saving work of Jesus. And Yet he sees the cross as foolish, and so he uses his short supply of breath to mock and curse the very source of life himself. And sadly, he perishes without any hope, as sadly so many still do. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the very power of of God. The other criminal fixed to the cross and perishing like the other was not simply perishing, but he was also being saved. This man who had used almost all of the precious moments of life that God had given him to swindle and steal, rebel and rob, he was now experiencing in his very last moments of life a change of heart. And so he uses his limited last breaths to silence the blasphemy of the other criminal, to confess the truth of his own crimes, to declare Jesus innocent, and to call out to this crucified king for mercy. Jesus, he says, gasping for breath, Jesus, he says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. The Holy Spirit had given this man eyes to see, eyes to see not the foolishness and weakness of a crucified man, but the power and the wisdom of a victorious king. Notice that this man does not ask Jesus to remember his good deeds because he has none. But rather, he simply acknowledges his great need Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Before Jesus went to the cross, he was the friend of sinners. We see Jesus teaching sinners, seeking sinners, dining with them. He is truly the friend of sinners who seeks and saves the lost. And what's beautiful is that even during the agony and the shame of Jesus' death, Jesus uses the last moments of his life to still be the friend of sinners, seeking and saving the lost. Nobody felt bad for this criminal on the cross as they walked by. They would have likely looked at him and, and said, this man is trash, easily thrown away. Never forgotten. What's beautiful is that Jesus looks at this man that everybody would have counted as trash, as something to throw away. Jesus looked at him and said, you were worth my last breath. You are worth my last moments. 
Wouldn't you agree with me that there's, there's so many voices in our culture around us that speak to us this message that we are not worth it. In fact, we're only as worth the thin veneer of our accomplishments or the fading beauty that we might have. And so the world very easily throws us to the side and says, we're not worth it. And yet, Jesus in his dying breath says, you're worth it. You're worth even my last breath. You see, in order for Jesus to respond to the criminal's request, remember me, Jesus, Jesus would have to pull himself upward to draw breath, which would press the nails even deeper down into tissues and nerves. But even if it costs Jesus unspeakable pain, he will use his last breaths to proclaim forgiveness and life to this dying man. Jesus gives to the criminal more than what he asked for. Jesus will not just remember him. Jesus promises to be with him today in paradise. The very one who is Emmanuel, God with us, will be with this man forever. And so with his last labored breaths, Jesus absolves this poor, miserable sinner making him no longer a criminal, but instead a guest, a welcome guest at the king's table. And receiving these words of forgiveness and promise, these words of reconciliation from the Savior's mouth, this criminal was able to close his eyes, breathe his last, and die a blessed death. We know from our reading from John's Gospel, read just a few moments ago, that Joseph of Arimathea would later take the body of our Lord Jesus, wrap it in a clean linen shroud, and place his corpse in a tomb cut in the rock, secure with a stone. Jesus would have some kind of dignity in his death. The criminals, on the other hand, likely were taken down by the soldiers after legs were broken would no longer be able to lift themselves up to avoid asphyxiation. After they died, their bodies would be taken down from the cross and carelessly thrown into a trash heap where they'd be eaten by wild animals, left to rot. Now, unlike our Lord Jesus, whose bones are no longer in the tomb, whose body has been raised, The bones of both of these criminals are buried somewhere under the earth outside of Jerusalem to this day. One criminal's body suffered decay, just like his soul, separated from God forever, as far as we can tell. And such is the fate of all who mock and ignore the cross as weak and foolish and not worth their time. But the other criminal's body dust and ashes as it is, those bones will not suffer decay forever. This criminal asked Jesus to remember him, and remember him Jesus did. As surely as Jesus promised, this man was with Jesus in paradise and is with Jesus in paradise, as are all who cling to the cross for life and forgiveness. But Jesus remembers 
better than we do. Jesus will remember not just this man's soul, but his buried bones. What the Roman soldiers threw into the garbage heap as trash, Jesus had made his treasure that day on the cross. And on the last day, Jesus will go and seek that treasure, raising that man from the dead, reuniting his body and soul to live under Jesus in his kingdom forever in a renewed and healed creation as he will do for all who cling to him in faith. Often when I visit somebody who's dying, one whose breaths are labored and limited, this is the text I read with them, the story of the dying thief. As they find it harder to breathe and as they start to grow anxious or lose consciousness, this seems to be the right set of words to share because everything comes into focus, who Jesus is, and what our great need is. And so as their life begins to slip away, I encourage the dying person to pray this simple prayer again and again with whatever breath they have left in their lungs. And if you know the words, pray it with me now. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he does. Whether we only have moments to live or much, much more time to live, Jesus always hears and answers this prayer with immediate assurance. You will be with me in paradise. And this is the confidence that we carry as God's people into all the moments that we have left in this life that you will be with me in paradise. This is a promise that we have from Jesus that will remain with us even if we can't remember Jesus in our death. The truth is that as we lay dying someday, we may not have our mind about us anymore. Perhaps our minds will be robbed by dementia or Alzheimer's. And yet Jesus remembers each of his people, even when we can't remember him or even speak his words on our lips. Because like the criminal on the cross, we are his own and he cannot deny his own. These words, Jesus, remember me, and the promise Jesus speaks in response, you will be with me, these words are the heart and the center of what it means to be a Christian, one who belongs to Christ. In fact, I would say that these words are what bind us together as a church community. We are unified here together as the church as those who are unified by a common plea to Jesus. Jesus, remember me as my life is slipping away. And we are unified by his common promise to us, you will be with me. Because what could be better than that? We often think of everlasting life as a place that's free from pain or perhaps where we're able to see our loved ones who've died in the faith. But friends, those things are good, but they're all peripheral. The beauty and the joy of life everlasting is those words, with me, with Christ. 
And so Jesus invites us to be with him now. When I was in middle school, I remember having a deep theological conversation with a friend of mine about God. And the question really kind of centered around how you could still go to heaven and live as much of your life on your own terms as you, as you can, right? And so um, my friend had kind of done the math. He said, you know, I think I'm just going to do whatever I want. I'm going to live my life the way I want to. I'm going to have all kinds of fun. And then right at the last minute, I'm going to start praying, right? Now, most of us aren't going to be that honest, right, in the way we live, but isn't it true that we often live that way? It's where we kind of put the question of God on the back burner. We say, I'm going to kind of do my life, and, and maybe God can be a part of it, but I'm going to have my life, and when I get to a place of weakness and need, then I'll cry out to the Lord. But Jesus wants to be with us now. Now, obviously, the love of Christ is so strong that it finds people who cry out to him with their limited last breaths. But as we see Jesus suffering, dying, and pouring out his very life for us, why would we ever waste our breath on anything other than him? Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom is not just an 11th hour cry meant for your deathbed. It is really, friends, a way of life. In fact, it's what it means to be a Christian. And Jesus longs to speak his word of promise into your ears, not in the last moment only or just a few times a year. Jesus longs to speak those words of promise every day of your life. To belong to him means that you hang your entire life on those words. You will be with me in paradise. And so friends, may the words of the dying criminal be continually on your lips. Jesus, remember me. And may the words of our dying Savior be continually in your ears. Now and to the very end. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.